Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, November 23rd, 2021, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 7, Working with Others, on page 100, the fourth paragraph. We will be reading and commenting on just that one paragraph only that begins on the bottom of page 100 with assuming we are spiritually fit and ends on the top of page 101 with this is not necessarily so. Today's readers are Mary Agnes Y, Reggie O, Allison L, Phil M, and Sandy C. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, November 22nd, 2021 are 18,118 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, that's 18118, and 18,119 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, that's 18119, OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Mary Agnes Y to read the OA 12 Steps. Um, Good morning, the 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory 
and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you, Mary Agnes Y. I will now ask Reggie O. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning, everybody. This is Reggie O. here in, uh, where am I? Bernie, Texas. And uh, these are the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Uh, One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public... Relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Have a great day, everybody, and I pass. Thank you, Reggie O. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, 
Everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we will be reading and commenting on the fourth paragraph only on page 100 that begins at the bottom of the page with assuming we are spiritually fit and ends on the top of page 101 with this is not necessarily so. I will now ask Allison L. to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning, Rebecca. I will read this for us. Assuming we are spiritually fit, we can do all sorts of things alcoholics are not supposed to do. People have said, we must not go where liquor is served. We must not have it in our homes. We must shun friends who drink. We must avoid moving pictures which show drinking scenes. We must not go into bars. Our friends must hide their bottles if we go to their houses. We mustn't think or be reminded about alcohol at all. Our experience shows this is not necessarily so. Okay, so I'm Allison L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. And um, so I'm, this paragraph is all based on the assumption that I'm spiritually fit to be able to do things that maybe weren't safe when I'm not spiritually fit. Um, so having worked the 12 steps, living in 10, 11, and 12, um, assuming I'm spiritually fit. And, and just because I'm, I'm in this place where I'm working 10, 11, and 12 doesn't mean I'm always spiritually fit. Um, there are days when I'm spiritually funky and I have a resentment that I'm working through or a fear I'm working through or I'm just moody. Um, so there are certainly days when I'm not going to say, hey, kids, let's, let's bake a bunch of cookies today. I don't have to prove I'm spiritually fit by doing these things. Um, but when I'm spiritually fit, um, I, I certainly can. I can have these things in my house. Um, I can make my kids food. I can have it on my hands, things that are I'm allergic to. And I wash it off just like I would poison or paint. Um, you know, sometimes I'll make desserts with them, and it's like an art project for me, and it's beautiful. Um, but I'm in spiritual fitness where I'm neutral. And um, I'm doing it um, occasionally because it's something they enjoy, just like we would paint occasionally or we would do another art project or play games occasionally. Um, it's just a part of life, and I don't have to avoid it. Now, of course, when I was getting abstinent um, in the beginning and not spiritually fit, I wouldn't push my luck. I didn't have these things in the house. I didn't have to be the one to cut the birthday cake. I still don't. I don't have to prove, again, I don't have to prove I'm spiritually fit by saying, oh, look what I can do. I can, um, I can cut this and I can dole it out and I can be in charge of desserts. And I, I don't have to do that. Um, and it's not really something I enjoy that often. So, um, and I can, I can go to someone's house and they can serve whatever they want and I can bring my own food. They don't have to change anything for me. I can enjoy the circumstances. I can enjoy the people. Um, they can talk. Uh, sometimes people who know I'm in program or don't eat certain things will talk about it and say, oh, sorry. And I'm like, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. I'm okay. Again, based on my spiritual fitness from day to day. And again, I don't push my luck and I don't have anything to prove to anyone about my spiritual fitness. I guess those are the things that really come up for me when I read this paragraph. I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Allison L. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you haven't shared on A Vision for You on Friday or Monday and would like to share, 
on the fourth paragraph only on page 100 in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous that begins at the bottom of the page with assuming we are spiritually fit and ends on the top of page 101 with this is not necessarily so, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Tina F. Katie F. Rick J. Wait one Barbara second. E. Katie F. Rick J. I'm. I'm Tina I'm, F. Who's after Rick J? I got Tina F. Katie F. Rick J. Who's after Rick? Barbara E. From New Jersey. Yeah, I got you. Melissa C. Melissa C. I think I missed somebody. Anybody else want to get in line? Devorah S. Devorah S. Lillian M. Lillian M. Judith S. P. Judith S. P. And we'll stop there. Judith S. P. We have Tina S., Katie S., Rick J., Barbara E., Melissa C., Devorah S., Lillian M., and Judith S. P. Tina S., go right ahead. Thanks so much, Rebecca, for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Uh, great paragraph and you know, a uh, great share by the person who led us. Uh, that was wonderful. Um, you know, assuming we are spiritually fit, yes, for sure. You know, and the good news about being on page 100 is we've already gone through the 12 steps. We've already had a tra- transformation that comes about, you know, a spiritual awakening. And how do we practice this one day at a time, you know, so that I get up in the morning and I ask God to take me through my day. You know, there are certain things I do every morning. And, you know, and let me just tell you, you know, sometimes it's just rote and I'm not even present. But most times, you know, I am pres- present and conscious of asking God to run my life for the day, you know, saying the third step prayer. And, and when I do these things, you know, you know, I can go anywhere. I can do anything. It, those are the promises that it affords me, you know, of having a, a transformation, you know. And, you know, we're talking, it talks about liquor in here, but of course we're talking about food. And it's a little different. Not every home has liquor, but every home has food, you know. Um, and, you know, I, I personally live with someone who is not, doesn't have any food issues. So I have all kinds of food in my house, foods that I don't eat. You know, and uh, and, uh, and one day at a time, you know, again, I know what I can and cannot eat. And that has changed over the years, you know. And, you know, I'm also in another 12-step program, and I have friends who have no issues with food. And a lot of times we go and socialize at a restaurant, you know. But, again, I know what I can eat, not what they can eat. It's what I can eat, you know. And what am I bringing to the table? You know, I'm not going to a social event for the food, you know, not, not to say that I had in years past, but today I don't do that. You know, I go for the, to be social with friends, to have relationships. That's what I do today. You know, and, you know, one of the, and I love it was talked about, you know, how do we cultivate that, um, you know, spiritual fitness, you know, because if I'm not spiritually fit, maybe I need to check this stuff and not go to that restaurant and not go to that house with all the kids that have all the whatevers that are my alcoholic foods. You know, but, you know, the promise is that if we are spiritually fit, we can do all sorts of things that we're not, that we weren't able to do when we were in the food, you know, and and that's a great promise. And and it it is actually what happens in my life today. You know, it it actually happens one day at a time, as long as I do what I need to do. I thought I'll pass. Looking forward to hearing all kind of good stuff. So thanks. 
Thank you, Tina S. Katie F. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And yes, I love this paragraph because it tells me that I don't have to be to stand out and to be, quote, weird with my food, that I can go anywhere. And um, it doesn't matter what other people have. You know, when I'm neutral with food, then I'm not jonesing for, you know, the new dessert that's on the menu. But that didn't happen overnight. As, you know, others have pointed out, we are at this point in the book, um, have already worked through all the steps. And, you know, when I first got abstinent, I worked as a caterer. I was cutting up food, food that the day before I got abstinent, I was popping food in my mouth. And God blessed me with the ability that very next day to continue to work in that environment and not want to pop the food in my mouth. However, I didn't go out to eat because that for me was a, a behavior, you know, using the excuse of someone inviting me out to lunch or dinner or whatever was a reason for me to deviate from my abstinent plan that I had you know, been trying to do for six years in these rooms um, that I would use that as an excuse. And then all of a sudden I would be, you know, not absent anymore. So for the first year or more, I didn't eat out because that was not a good place for me to be. And then I learned that I could eat out, you know, that there's places I can get what I want. There's places I could meet people after they've already eaten or different things, but I don't have to do those kind of gyrations today. You know, we're approaching, you know, what for Americans is a very long season of holidays and, you know, just food events. And, you know, there was a time when I just tried to make my food like match what other people were eating. And today, you know what? I just eat what I, I eat my normal food because I like my food and I feel completely neutral. And I used to think that everybody noticed what I was eating and, you know, they really don't care. If I don't make a big deal about it, if I don't say, oh, I'm sorry, I, you know, I'm sorry, I had to bring my food because, you know, I have to follow this special food plan and blah, blah, blah. You know, I just blend in. I just am very, um, try to be just very, I don't know, there's no other word, but just try to not be noticeable about what I'm doing and what I'm not doing, what I'm eating and what I'm not eating. And it just works so well. And I'm so grateful that I can go to events today for the fellowship and for the interactions, which I've had to work the steps on how to know how to do that. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Katie F. Rick J. Good morning, Rebecca. Um, my name is Rick J. I am a compulsive overeater in North Carolina. And, um, yeah, recovered uh, and not cured. So, yeah, I, um, I love that, uh, that we can live in the promises once we've gone through these 12 steps. And um, that first line, assuming we are spiritually fit, for me that's echoing, you know, that, um, you know, that promise. Um, on page 85, and it's a conditional promise. That is how we react, so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. And, you know, that reaction 
that that they're describing, you know, the way I'm relating to it is I've got, uh, you know, I'm, I'm living in these promises, a new, you know, a new freedom, a new happiness, a new attitude. I'm not fighting in neutrality. Um, Allison was very articulate, you know, in describing this and, um, you know, this problem has been removed. It doesn't exist for us. And that is our experience. But then that conditional promise, that is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. And maintaining that fit spiritual condition, it's that's how I keep my abstinence. I can't just rely on the, the, the spiritual condition I had yesterday. I proved that over and over and over again <laughs> because I relapsed over and over again. I would get to a certain place of, of being really connected and, you know, and living in the promises and, you know, and then I would stop, I would stop and I would no longer be in fit spiritual condition. But a lot of times I really wouldn't realize that until I relapsed, you know, and, and part of me is that I have to acknowledge and accept as part of this package of being a compulsive overeater is that I am a resistor an isolator, and a disconnector at heart. I will resist that which works for me. Why? I don't know. Why am I compulsive over here? I don't know. I just am. I just do. I start resisting things that work for me. I'm not doing my you know, my morning meditation and pausing throughout the day and making step 10 calls and writing stuff down and you know, and working with others. I mean, these that's my experience. I stopped doing that or, start, or just ease up on it like oh wow look how good i've done that's usually what you know i do is i i sort of congratulate myself i rest on my laurels i'm proud of you know all the work i've done and i'm just coasting and then i'm relapsing you know every day you know every day is a day when i must carry the vision of god's will into all my activities including eating and i start my day thinking about my the meals ahead you know, what challenges are there? Where am I at? What are my pauses needing to look like? What problem areas? You know, traveling, you know, renting a house and, uh, you know, and being with my parents over Thanksgiving. You know, it, it'll be fine because I'm, I'm going to do the actions. I need to take care of myself, my abstinence, but mostly to stay in its spiritual condition with that I pass. Thanks, Rick J. Barbara E., Good morning, everyone. It is Barbara E. from New Jersey and wishing you a wonderful day and a wonderful Thursday. It's just another Thursday when it comes up. I know today is Tuesday. Well, I agree with everyone that said that before, that it is about being in spiritual condition. Absolutely. Um, When I came into OA, And I first went to -to face-to-face meetings, and people would have cups of Dunkin' Donuts coffee. All I could envision were the donuts rolling down the table. That's where I was when I came in. And then when I went to the mall and I smelled the Cinnabon, it drew me like a magnet. I couldn't resist it. And I was not in fit spiritual conditions. So I ate food off the plates of people during Thanksgiving. I waited till 
They were in bed and I went down and ate all the leftover food. I did all those things because I wasn't in fit spiritual program. I didn't know that there even was one. But today, on Thursday, it won't be about the food. It'll be around the faces and being so grateful that they're there with me to share in this beautiful tradition of giving thanks and gratitude and thinking about the faces that are no longer with us that aren't on this earth anymore and being grateful for them. But I can't let up on the spiritual program of action and as was said, rest on my laurels. Because if I, if I do, then I'm destined for trouble. I'll be like that snowball rolling down hill, gaining momentum and at the bottom of the hill is my disease and it's waiting to kill me. It's waiting to harm me. And I know it will if I don't ever give up on my spiritual condition. And I have to do all the actions every single day. Chop wood, bring water. Or if you wish, wash, rinse, and repeat. There's never a day when I don't have to do the actions and pray to the higher power whose name I constantly change from Gus to God to divine presence. It doesn't matter. I just know I'm not in control. And today there's all kinds of food in the house. My husband is not a compulsive overeater, but that food doesn't call me. It's not mine. Now that wouldn't be true 20 years ago, but today, it's not mine. It's just beautiful artwork. And I can appreciate that he can eat a piece, thank you, a piece of dessert and say, oh, it's too rich. I won't finish it. He's crazy. But we're not crazy. We're compulsive overeaters doing the best we can. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. I pass. Thanks, Barbara E. Melissa C., Hi, good morning, Rebecca. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York, and I just love this meeting. I love that, you know, right away people were um, drilling down on what I thought was really important as well, that this assumption that we're spiritually dead. That's a pretty big assumption to make, um, you know, before we walk into places. Because, you know, in the early part of, being abstinent in the early part of recovery before we, you know, before you've made amends, before um, that was really how it's been for me, before I made amends, I wasn't safe to go to places. I didn't have spiritual fitness. I was in that hospitalization period where I really needed tight parameters, boundaries, you know, and I I couldn't be in places at that point where there was too much food because it wasn't reliable, right? I could not rely on my own willpower. It wasn't sufficient. And, you know, we don't get this this full, like, infusion of, of God's power until we've, you know, finished a, a, a portion of these steps that then gives us that food neutrality. Um, you know, and then so great, right? So now we're all walking into this holiday, this holiday season, and I can tell you, like, yeah, m most of the time, food really is 
quiet for me. It really doesn't, it, it doesn't draw me in. But I know for myself, like, there are things I have to do. Like, like Katie said, yeah, sometimes I bring my own food. You know, if I'm not sure what's being served there, 100%, then I just bring what I need um, because I'm not going to risk it. And I know that nobody really cares what I eat. They care how my attitude is. They care about my whole deportment. Am I nice when I show up? Or am I moody? You know, am I friendly? Um, do I ask them about themselves? And, that, yeah, and most of the time, like, for, for me, for Thanksgiving on these holiday occasions, I'm with my family. And if ever, right, I have the ability to lose my spiritual fitness, <laughs> it's definitely in the presence of family. But I found something that has been really helpful for me in those moments is I look to be of service to the people around me. And it's, it, I can do it right with my family. I can play with my, you know, my niece's babies. They want to sit at the table. My nieces want to have an enjoyable, like, you know, leisurely meal and sit. And I can't sit at tables endlessly. But I can take the babies. I can go play with the babies. I can, you know, I can help my mom with something. I can do the dishes. There are loads of things I can do. For me, the solution is always to get out of myself and to focus in on other people. And when I do that, the food becomes the background again, and I'll eat, you know, my happy, boring, safe food. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa C. Devorah S. Hey, good morning, and thank you, Rebecca, and everyone on this line that makes this meeting possible. My name is Devorah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And, yeah, I, too, I needed boundaries. Uh, my poor family, when I got into this program, you know, what I ate, they ate. Um, that's how I had to, I, I, I couldn't help it. I had to have it very, very, you know, very bare. My shelves were very bare in the house. And thank God my family was very supportive and they went along with it. Um, and they were probably thinking in their head, let's see how long this is going to last because we've been, we've been on this ride before. But thank God, you know, I hung on, I hung on. Um, you know, in those days, my sponsor said, you know, pray for an abstinent day, you know, pray every morning for an abstinent day. And then, you know, sit down at the table and ask God for, you know, pray to God that this is, this is the food I'm going to eat. Nothing else, nothing more. And thank you, God. And thank God at the end of the day, you know, I had an abstinent day. Thank you, God. That was the, you know, growing into spiritual, getting spiritually fit. And, you know, thank you, God, today, many years later, many days, many months, weeks, Years later, thank you, God. You know, my, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning how to be spiritually fit. You know, have I arrived? No. Every day is another opportunity, um, but each day, you know, it's a, it's a, it builds on another day, and I'm just so grateful. You know, people are talking about this, you know, the upcoming holidays, and it's, you know, a lot of food, and you know, around, and you know, everybody's whatever preparing. And, you know, honestly, I do that on a weekly basis. You know, I, I celebrate Sabbath day, Friday night and, and Saturday. That's our Sabbath day. And, you know, I do that all week. I do that every week. And I have, and the difference today is that I invite people into my home, people who don't have family, and they come in and I share with them and they sit at our Sabbath table and we sing together and we talk together and we share the meal together. And you know what? I come out with my weight and measured my weight and measured meal. There's all kinds of stuff on the table and beautiful things, and but it's not for me. This is what I eat, 
And, um, and I'm just so grateful because in the old days, I shunned that. I didn't want to have extra people in my house. I didn't want to entertain anybody. But today, because I'm spiritually fit, growing to be spiritually fit, growing towards that, I, I'm, I can do that. And I run to functions today. I'm not eating at these functions. I'm not going there for the food. I'm not checking it out. But I'm going there to show up, to, make, to pay my uh, con- congratulatory wishes to whoever's making a, an affair. And I can show up today and be there and take part in it. And sometimes I travel an hour and a half each way. And I don't, when I get there, I don't even have a drink of water. I just go to show up, to pay my, to pay my respects, and to be part of the occasion. And how cool is that? Because in the old days, yes, I didn't want to show up, but it was all about, like, what can I get in there? What can I get out of this? And today I know that what I can get out of this is just being able to be there and be part of it and not shun away from people and, and events. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Deborah S. Lillian M. Good morning. I'm Lillian M. from Georgia. And I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to be able to share this morning, and especially on um, the paragraph that was just read. Four years ago, right around this time, I was introduced to OA and specifically a vision for you. And I was really in a bad place at that time when it came to being in the food, especially my alcoholic food, which was sugar. I am so grateful for all the people who came um, and worked with me, uh, sponsored me through that Thanksgiving Christmas break, and I became neutral to it. And I'm just so grateful for this program and the spiritual part of it. I've always been a person of faith. I, I got a master's degree in religious education, worked as a missionary, but I did not relate my lifestyle when it came to um, the food to being to what it meant to be spiritually fit. But when I got into this program and I started praying every day and turning it over to God, and it didn't take long before I looked back and thought, my gosh, I'm, I'm neutral to all these things. I teach students food, nutrition, and wellness, and we cook. And I just spent a couple of days last week up to my elbows in flour teaching them how to make yeast bread. And I I don't have a desire at all to put any of that in my body. And I'm just grateful for this because over 50, over 60 years, I, was, I wasn't there. I was eating everything in sight and getting sicker and sicker every day. But now I am recovered. And I'm so eternally grateful for all of you who have helped me to understand how I can have a have a spiritual awakening and and be neutral to those things that are harmful to me. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lillian M. Judith S. T. And then we'll take more names. Judith S.P., star one to unmute. Hello, this is Judith S.P. Can you hear me? Yes. Good morning, Judith. 
Good morning. Thank you, Rebecca, for your lead and everybody for your wonderful shares. Uh, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Maryland. Um, when I looked up the word assume, there were a lot of definitions, but the one that popped out at me was responsibility. And when I take responsibility uh, each day, God gives me uh, to invite me in to be into the day. Uh, my my primary purpose is to keep connected to him and be spiritually fit. And thank God and you all and my program, food is very neutral for me. When I first started working on my recovery, I was meeting some friends at a restaurant and I brought my own food and I was anxious to take it out. I was anxious to, you know, what are people going to say? Blah, 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 blah. Well, nobody even noticed. Nobody said anything. So there's that ego again, self-centered Judith. Um, And then uh, the reason I wanted to share is it's very timely. This coming Saturday, I'm going to a fancy uh, restaurant. My sister-in-law is having a 70th birthday party for her husband, my brother-in-law, and I've been very anxious about it because the time of day is not part of Judith's schedule of eating. Um, In any event, to make a long story short, I didn't know what to do. I sent my sister-in-law a text. She's probably busy with other things, didn't respond to me. I called the restaurant yesterday and told uh, the manager or maitre d' what my situation was, and he was most gracious and said, what time are you going to be here? And what is your name? I'll put your name so that the maitre d', when you come, will talk to you about what we can provide for you. So I can totally relax. That was God. God telling me, Judith, if there is an issue around food and you don't want to pack it and you're going to this, you know, whatever, just ask God to help me with this. And through that connection, I was able to find an easy answer, relax myself for the rest of the week, and go on with my life. And yes, food is a part of my daily life, but as others have said, it's a low priority. Being of service, being there for other people, um, living in the joy of being alive and well and spiritually fit, physically, mentally, and emotionally, able to be anchored in this gorgeous day is what my life is about. So with that, I will pass, and thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Judith S.P. If you haven't shared on A Vision for You on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the fourth paragraph on page 100 in the big book, assuming we are spiritually fit through This Is Not Necessarily So, Please uh, press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Mary Dee in Fort Worth. I heard someone from Fort Worth. Seneca from Fort Worth. In Fort Worth. Seneca. Seneca. Mary Joanne M. Okay, all I got was Seneca and Joanne Joanne M. Carmela G. Chris W. Chris. Mary B. After Chris W., I probably only have room for one more. Who was that? 
Mary B. from Kansas. Mary B. And I'm afraid that's it. But there is another hour coming up. Seneca T., Joanne M., Carmela G., Chris W., and Mary B. Seneca T., go right ahead. Hey, this is Seneca T. in Fort Worth, and I'm known as Harriet, lovingly by my fellows. Harriet Tubman, that once was known as said, uh, I would have freed more slaves if they would have only known that they were slaves. And that is me today. Um, when I don't know that I am a slave to food, I cannot be free. This paragraph says, assuming that we are in fit spiritual condition. Now, Thursday is the Super Bowl <laughs> of eaters, okay? So the reality is, is that this, these things that they're saying that can happen, happen for people that are in fit spiritual condition. Have I been doing my push-ups? Have I been doing my sit-ups? Have I been doing my walks, runs, yoga up to that day? Or no, do I give up by the end of the evening? The reality is, is that I have relaxed enough to know. Don't F with those days in the sense that don't kid yourself and think, oh, I'm just going to show up and I'm going to act like, you know, I just can do this. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Nope. Because this book is saying specifically, we can do all sorts of things alcoholics or food addicts are not supposed to do, but the reality is, is that I need to check in with God. I have to check in with God in order to get in that ring in the sense of I'm not, not that I'm doing the work, but is my program precious enough that I want to protect it? Am I surrendering saying, yes, I am powerless? How does that translate for me? First, I was asking, how do I participate in family traditions, God, in a brand new way? Can I participate? Because guess what, babe? Now Zoom is a, is a live and popping thing. I can create an event. I can say, hey, y'all, let's talk about how we're grateful for one another and stay my butt home if I can't take the smell of stuffing at grandma's house. <laughs> That's the reality. That is the reality of protecting going to any length. Do I already go to any length to protect my program? If not, don't kid yourself on Thursday. Because, boo, I'm telling you, for me, I didn't survive. I didn't survive because I was kidding myself, thinking, oh, yeah, I'll go on this carnival cruise. Yes, I'll just go, knowing I'm not in the gladiator ring Monday through Friday. I'm not doing the push-ups, but my disease is. And it wants to kill me. It wants to kill me. It will wrestle me down to the ground and have me screaming uncle. My program is too important to throw my pearls away to swines because, because other people don't have this disease. They don't look at it the same way as I do. <clears throat> they won't have those lingering effects. They'll do their thing. They'll go into their food right. coma. They'll wake up. They'll do the dishes. So the reality is, is that this program is great. Thank you. Um, and, I'll, and I'll wrap up with saying this program, this, this paragraph is so powerful because it's saying that we already do these things. But if we don't, let's survive. Let's survive to Friday, to Saturday. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Seneca T. Slash Harriet. Joanne, Yo Joanne 
M. I hope I said that right. <laughs> I don't know why I have so much trouble with your name. Hi. My yeah. name is Johan, 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 and I can answer. You pronounce it good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you so much for service today and for all the beautiful shares about this paragraph. And um, I never thought it would be possible for me to be neutral around food. Even though when I came in to OA, I was a recovered alcoholic and, you know, we could have alcohol at home. I could be in bars. I didn't care. I've been at places where people have taken drugs and, uh, you know, it doesn't bother me at all. But I never thought that this program could work uh, with the food as well. We couldn't have anything at home. I uh, just ate it all. Everything with carbs in or, you know, if I couldn't find anything of that, just anything. But through this beautiful program, through working the steps with a sponsor, getting a spiritual awakening and just uh, working step 10, 11 and 12 every day to the best of my ability, I am completely neutral on food today. And just for today, uh, I need to keep to enrich and enlarge my spiritual life every day, you know, in order to keep this uh, just amazing gift. But today we can have all kinds of food at home. Right now we have a candy and other stuff that <laughs> would be impossible to have, have at home earlier. And it's just amazing. It doesn't bother me at all. Uh, I can bake with my daughter. Uh, I can cook. Uh, cook for my family with what uh, is my alcoholic food, with food that I cannot eat, but I can cook for them. and. Yeah, it's just an, an amazing freedom, and I can be at restaurants, I can I can go anywhere and be everywhere where, the, where this uh, food that I used to eat uh, is, and I'm just uh, I'm just free from it. But the thing is that I need to keep working this program. You know, I can lose it in one day, just as fast as it goes. Uh, I hear all the time people that you know are in step 10, 11, and 12 one day, and the next day they're into the food. And I've been there too, you know. So for just for today, I'm going to keep continue to work the program to the best of my ability, to be in step 10, 11, and 12, to, uh, to, have this, uh, to work to have this conscious contact with God, so that God can keep me abstinent. I cannot keep myself abstinent. I cannot uh, keep myself neutral on food. But if I just continue to work day after day, you know, God does for me what I cannot do for myself. So I'm really, really grateful today. Thank you so much. Thank you for service again. And thank you, all of you guys. Thank you. I pause. Thank you, Joanne M. N. Carmela G. Thank you so much. Um, thank you all for being on the line and for listening and all the shares. My name is Carmela G, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive eater from New York. This reading brought me back to the early, early days of when I first entered my program, and I had not a clue as to what it meant. I was just a desperate woman in her 60s who needed to lose over 100 pounds. I did not understand what my sponsor kept saying, provided you're spiritually fit. 
Today, I finally comprehend those words by working the steps and living in the steps. Today, being spiritually fit means having a relationship both with my higher power that I call God and with all the people that I come into contact with, my family, my friends, my fellows. Spiritually fit means connecting, connecting and getting out of self. You see, in disease, I was so self-centered. It was all about me. And even in my early days of recovery, sure, I put the food down, but it was about me, so I had to stay home. I stayed home for about six months. I did not socialize so that I could weigh, measure, and get some sense of what this program was going to do. And as I worked these steps and got out of self, I was able to also get out into the social world. And today I'm so blessed. I can cook. I can do whatever because people who are not compulsive overeaters enjoy some of the things that I make. And if I want to do service for them during this holiday season or any time, I can make these things and I can serve them, but I don't need to eat them to bring joy into my life. And that is how I live this program today, every day, connecting with God, connecting with my fellows, and staying out of self and being of maximum service both to God and to my fellows. And that may include cooking a special dish or making a special dessert for others to enjoy. Thank you so much, and I will pass. Thank you, Carmela G. Chris W. Hi, this is Chris W., and it's Chris with a K from Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm really excited for Thursday because I've joined a new church, and I was invited to come um, with a, to a couple's house. And I'm just excited that um, for the several years now, lots of times I just eat ahead of time if I'm going somewhere. And um, then I'm not even tempted to eat at all because I've already had my meal. And now that I'm just on day 23 of my abstinence, Um, real serious abstinence for once. And I'm just um, blessed to have an attitude of, I just am going to be with the people. And I've already gone to one restaurant with um, this lady. So she's already seen me just sit there and socialize rather than um, join them with eating. And someone said that no one really cares what you eat. And that really is true. And I thought I could just bring my own food, but it's just so much easier to eat at home. But anyway, I'm just so grateful to be on these meetings and 
I want recovery so badly now that I'm just going to do everything I can and working through the steps for the third time with the third sponsor. And um, I'm just, again, I'm just blessed. Thank you. Thank you, Chris W. Mary B. Mary B. I'm Mary, a compulsive reader. Um, I I just ha- am so full of gratitude because um, I have been so struggling um, with overeating, and I've definitely lost my abstinence like I've never had in this program. When I first came in um, about six years ago, I um, became abstinent immediately, and um just had an incredible uh, five years, um, and recently, um, I and I don't I don't understand that I've lost my abstinence, and but yet I'm so spiritually fit in so many ways. I um, work so hard at um, being connected with God. I even have created my guest room into a meditation room and do everything. But I, I think I'm. And so I was super, super excited that um, about the topic today. It was just exactly what I needed because I, I, I've been asking myself, what does it mean for me to be spiritually fit? What am I missing? What am I missing? And I think from what I'm hearing is that I'm I don't have um, a routine that I'm keeping in the morning um, of prayer meditation, and then. Um, I struggle at night. Um, someone just mentioned about how trying to, you know, stay um, absent all day long, and that's that's what happens to me. I'll do just fine until I get home um, after dinner, and then I'll start eating. Um, and I don't understand that. I've been a sponsor for so long, and uh, it's just baffling and um, frustrating. And you know, I. I um, try not to be ashamed, um, but I am because I, when I go to meetings and everyone knows I'm not absent and and I had such a big part in our program in uh, in our our city and um, and not now not to be able to be um, that person that helps others it's it's very humbling, but I know God has. Um, a plan for me that um, if I stick to it, I'm, not, I'm never going to, you know, at least now I, I, I say never, and I, I've never had an intention of leaving Overeaters Anonymous. So I'm really thankful that I found, refound a vision for you. And the absence on this program, on these phone calls, is just astounding. So um, um, bless all of you for all of your. Um, input and you are really doing service for others whether you know it or not um, you've done a great service for me and it's just so timely for this um, few days before Thanksgiving as I have family that came to visit and uh, uh, they're not even our family and I'm stuck with them and all the food of kids that are here and um, so I am just very grateful and I'll continue to listen Thank you. Thank you, Mary B., who was our last person to share on this first hour of A Vision for You today. 
Thank you everyone for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, November 23rd, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 18,124. That's 18124. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Phil M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Hello, my name is Phil M., a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater from Northern Ireland. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.